Hi, and welcome to uh, the Travelling Brush Dippers. And in this episode, we are going to be talking to the wonderful Jeremy Ford. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, Sharon. I'll say hi, hi to the lovely Sharon as well. Hello, everybody. Me, Denise Allen. So today we're going to be talking to Jeremy um, and we're going to start right back at the beginning, Jeremy. So can you tell us where your first insight into art was, how you first started and what got you going? Um, well, right. Well, it was a long time ago. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I was always interested in, in arts and drawing and painting uh, as a child and, and at school they were really the only two things that I was remotely any good at. Um, but my grandfather uh, encouraged me in particular, and my mum, and, and my dad, but my mum used to paint a little bit. Um, she went to um, art classes um, one afternoon a week when I was a bit older and she was a bit older. Um, but my grandfather gave me his uh, paint box, his watercolour paint box, when I was quite young, which was fantastic. You know, I thought this was a proper, proper... Uh, thing not like your, your kiddies stuff, you know. Uh, this was the, the business and um, responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and every birthday and Christmas, he, um, my grandparents would uh, give me um, brushes and paper and paints and and uh, so I suppose that you know it was always encouraged. And he was a uh, an amateur painter himself, you know. So and also I had them. Um, I hadn't didn't realize until I was older. We had um, a relative, I think he was a great uncle or a great, great uncle, um, who was a commercial artist way back, like over 100 years ago, um, who designed the um, Tate and Lyle syrup tins. And the, oh, uh, wow, brilliant. Yeah, and the, uh, the, the uh, treacle tins, you know, the, yeah. uh, the yeah. used today, he designed those. Yeah. Wow, well, there must be something in the genes then, because my great grandmother or I think it's great grandmother um used to paint uh glass you know on, on Victorian door oh, yeah. panels they'd have floral yeah. displays and she used to do those so you know there's something in the genes yeah wow yes oh well again Sharon and I have talked in the past and we've said how families can be so inspirational and yeah. whether they encourage you or or push you down can make so much difference as to your yeah. creativity yeah. Uh, and um, I remember uh, for Christmas being given a um, painting by numbers kit when I was oh, um, very, you know, maybe only six or seven, eight, whatever. And they were oil, weren't they? Little uh, tiny they were, uh, enamel. Was it enamel? Uh, enamel paints? Sort of oily Something enamel. Like that. Yes. Uh, uh, in these little plastic, and I just thought they were fantastic. And it's yeah. a, it's a pity that everything's packed away because I've still got that little painting of, oh, uh, of a sailing ship, you know, with the wobbly edges. Um, and uh, I absolutely love those and I think that things like that were the kind of got me on my way yeah that reminds me of the painting books that we used to have when we were children do you remember them where you just added water oh, yeah. and then suddenly the colour yes. yeah yeah, yeah was... absolutely they were fantastic I used to oh, they were magic. just magic weren't they yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. magic interestingly enough I had forgotten all about them until one of my students brought a book into one of my classes and said look what I brought my grandchild thinking it was all something terribly new and I remembered having that from my childhood but nowadays the colour is a lot more vibrant because it was all terribly wishy-washy wasn't it? Yeah. It was all a bit of a sort of an abstract yes, flush yes. of something yes yeah. definitely. They were still magic weren't they? They were still great. Fun. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. Gosh that's yeah, a definitely. fast isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. going back to what you were saying um did you do art at a level or go on to college or, or how, how did you progress through your your training um well at school uh art and english were the only two things that i was any good at we did have a very good art teacher who was uh, very encouraging uh, most people just messed around in art but there were a few of us that he um you know he took the time to uh encourage greatly because he you know we were serious about about it. We loved uh, art um, and uh, he was very good. Unfortunately, uh, I only got English and art O-level. Uh, so I left school at 15 or 16 with English and art O-level. Then went to the technical college uh, in town 
uh, where all my friends were going. Um, and I did um, uh, British Constitution, Commerce and Law. And you had to do English. You oh. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming, Jeremy. Uh, and uh, oh dear, yeah, it was dreadfully dry. Uh, and it just wasn't me, you know, it just really wasn't me. I mean, I admire people who can do stuff like that, but it just wasn't me. And uh, fortunately, I failed everything. You know, <laughs> not, not it. And if I'd have passed those, who knows what I'd have done. I'd probably poured out my mind in an office somewhere, you know, and it just wasn't me. Um, but it wasn't meant to be. Next door to the technical school was the art college, and they had an open day, and it never really occurred to me that everything in society, everything that we use, somebody has to design it and make it. Mm -hmm. And um, and when I went to, to an open day at the um, art school, my, my mum said, well, why don't you go and see what the art college has to offer? Uh, so I went to an open day and, and then a whole world of opportunities opened up. And you, you could see that uh, there was um, uh, drawing and painting and uh, life studies and photography and film and TV and set stage and set design and uh, ceramics and jewelry and um, fashion design and fabric design and printing and typography and sign writing and you name it there was all these things and I thought well it never really occurred to me that you know that somebody had to learn to do these things and mm. that their art colleges fitted in because in the early 1970s yeah. you know art colleges didn't have the best of reputations but um, anyway, I did a, a foundation course for a year, which was brilliant. We had some really, really good teachers. Uh, and then I did graphic design for two years uh, before moving on to uh, another art college later on uh, in London. Oh, that sounds really exciting, doesn't it? And when I was at school, the local uh, art gallery, Atkinson Art Gallery, a uh, big old Victorian uh, building, was just around the corner from, from our school. So I used to spend a lot of lunch times going in there and um, uh, not always for the best of reasons but because I do remember on one occasion there was a Jacob Epstein bust you know the head and shoulders but the eyes were hollowed out so we used to put Maltese in the, in the eye sockets <laughs> see, yeah, see how long they, uh, they stayed there but uh, on one occasion <laughs> <laughs> but on one occasion you're admitting this out loud Jeremy <laughs> well yeah I mean, in the great scheme of things, it was minor to so what kids get up to, wasn't it? But very true, also, very true. Um, oh. I'd be probably 14, 15 or so, uh, and there was an exhibition there one day one, over, over a few weeks, and I hadn't realised, I didn't really know anything about it, um, about the artist or the paintings or anything, but it was a, an exhibition of uh, L.S. Lowry's paint, oil paintings, um, and they were recent, you know, they'd, they'd been... Um, done over the past few years and um, there, there was usually at lunchtime the place was empty it was only me uh, milling around there and, and another bloke in the corner and uh, so I went around and had a look at all these paintings and then I just got around to the other side and on the way out when uh, the old gentleman in the corner asked me what I thought of the paintings and I, I said well okay I, I thought they were all a bit samey really um, but yeah, all right and uh, <laughs> you so, know what's coming, don't you? you know what's coming. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. And on the way out, the uh, gallery curator, um, chap on the door, said, that, uh, And what did Mr. Lowry have, have to say to you? And I went, Oh, no. <laughs> 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 you know, I, 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 when I think about it, um, he, uh, Lowry probably asked me because he, he thought he'd get an honest opinion from a. Yeah. A young lad who didn't from a young person yeah yeah because yeah, i had no yeah. idea uh, you know the, the, the enormity of who he was really um mm. so yeah i hope i didn't upset him do you know his artwork is strange isn't it isn't it because um years and years ago i went to an exhibition in london uh of his work with our local art society and i went because i felt that i needed a bit of education and i just wanted to go and see the famous works i had no particular interest and i'd never really been very interested apart from the music you know matched all men and matched all cats and dogs and having stood in front of that work and looked at the detail in it 
and having had the stories behind it explained to me about you know the debt collector and the rent collectors and and people out on the streets gosh it gave me a whole new outlook I couldn't wait to get out of there to go and buy a book so that I could read some more and understand yeah. some more. Yeah. really opened my eyes and it just goes to prove that you sometimes being at home watching telly reading books isn't enough mm. being there and seeing it and seeing the brush strokes and the size of it yeah and I think um, changes context, context is important isn't it when you mm understand the context in which uh, paintings yeah. were, were done. Uh, I mean, his paintings were so evocative of the time, weren't they? You know, in that geographical uh, area, they're um, wonderful, yeah. And we can't imagine it like that nowadays, can we? All the chimneys and all the smoke and, and hundreds of people pouring out of the factories. Well, we can because we've got his paintings, but it's yes. not a feeling we have, but we can look back at, you know, it's, it's a documentary as well as, as artistic yes, word which is world wasn't it is what you saw yeah yes yeah definitely yeah. oh well that that was quite an experience to look back on even if at the time it didn't really kind of register with you so from um doing your foundation course what happened next uh so after i did my foundation course i did two years graphic design um which i, I really enjoyed again we had really good uh, dedicated um, teachers and then at the end of that, I didn't know what I wanted to, you know, how I was going to use that really. I, I suppose I could have gone and worked at a printer's or, or a, a design studio or something in the Northwest. So I was living in the Northwest, that was in Southport, um, Merseyside, uh, Lancashire as it was in those days. Although I was born in the Midlands, but uh, fortunately I moved before I could pick up the accent. So my, my family moved there when I was almost four. But so I grew up in the Northwest. And um, so then I had the, my Northwest Regional Certificate in Art and Design, but no idea what to do with it, really. But one of my tutors said, well, um, you like doing illustrations. Why don't you apply for a um, course uh, doing illustration? You know, I've, I was so fortunate that my parents didn't say, look, you've had your time with you at uh, Art College, now it's time to go out and get a job. But um, but those are in the days when you could get grants as well, you know. So I'm very oh, cracky, yes. That uh, I I was allowed. I went for an interview, and they tried to because I've done graphic design. They tried to persuade me to do a, a graphic design course, you know, a more intense one than the one that yeah. I. But I I wanted to do illustration, uh, which was really really good. Uh, but I had I didn't have the necessary qualifications, so I had to do two A levels at night school. Fortunately, you could do art related ones, so I did. Um, Art O level, sorry, uh, Art A level and printmaking. I'd already done Art A level uh, in the Northwest, and along with about 50 other people out of 60 or so, failed it. Uh, and that was a different board to the London board. But so I did the, the London board A level and passed it with an A. Oh, excellent. So, you know, that's subjective. Yeah. yeah yes. Great. So yeah, I was very fortunate that I got my two A levels. So after after a day's study at doing illustration, then I had to do my evening classes in um, uh, for our A level and printmaking, and I got those. And I, uh, a lot to take on. Yeah, so it was uh, yeah hard work, but well worth it. I loved it. Mm. I really loved it. Gosh, good for you. Yeah, yeah. So you came out at the end of, of that, um, and you're ready to to greet the world. Um, well, at the end of um, the course, we were in the third year, it was a three-year course, in the third year we were encouraged to specialise in a particular subject, you know, whether it's uh, natural history or architectural illustration or, or yeah. sort of all kinds of different, you know, maybe technical illustration, all kinds of different, different fields that you could go into. And I always felt, well, unless you're absolutely brilliant, at, um, at then it just narrowed your field of opportunity. So I was never really interested in nothing, just one thing to want to do it all the time. So I just, you know, did anything and everything, which was always interesting. Was all, everything was different. So uh, I, I got my diploma in illustration with distinction. Um, well done. At, well done. At, at the end of the, um, of course, the diploma show, was uh, open to anybody to go to go and watch it. Open to the general public, but the college used to invite uh, people from the art world. So you'd have agents there, you'd have 
um, studio managers, you'd have uh, publishers, uh, publishing editors there, and, and everybody associated with illustration. So on the strength of people's diploma shows, a lot of work was, was uh, given to people. And so I got a few commissions straight off, which was a bit scary, but, you know, um, it, it was uh, the way in. And uh, we were well prepared for that because most of our tutors were themselves freelance illustrators. And so the work that we were set for us was exactly how it would be uh, in the commercial world. So you understood how to interpret your, the brief that was given to you. So you knew what to do. Yeah, it's still a bit scary, you know, but anything is, yes. isn't it? And I uh, soon got into that. And then I, I, you know, got to know a number of, um, of editors and agents and what have you. Um, and uh, lived in London for about three years. And then uh, once I got established with agents, then I left London to move back up to the Northwest. Um, and everything, all my work was done in the post. Uh, fortunately, because it's a lot cheaper to live. Okay. <laughs> that's brilliant. Oh, well, so that's kind of your education side of things in a nutshell. And we will move on and delve more into your early working years. I mean, where, where did you start when you left college? Uh, most of the work that I did was uh, book covers, um, uh, paperback covers for um, adult books and, and children's books. Uh, oh, no. Is there any any particular book or or cover that stood out for you that you remember fondly? Well, one of my favourites was by Rosemary Sutcliffe, uh, who was a popular um, children's author. She wrote The Eagle of the Ninth. I don't know if you know that that story. And if you've never read The Eagle of the Ninth, you must. It's one of the best children's books ever. Um, okay. Uh, I did a book um, that she wrote called uh, The Light Beyond the Forest, which is the search for the Holy Grail. I, I, I love that. Uh, and I did another book of hers as well. Uh, Magnus Pike, do you remember him? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Book, uh, Magnus Pike's, uh, I can't remember, Famous Inventions, or uh, it, it was all some of the, the things that he thought were the best things that had been invented, you know, over the years. And I had to do line, line illustrations of various things. Um, I did a lot of um, architectural illustrations as well, uh, pen and ink, uh, black and white line drawings, and um, some cartoony stuff. I also did a, an interesting job for um, the music publishers were, but do you remember Harry Enfield? Oh, yeah. Loads of money uh, character. Yeah. Uh, he made a record. And, yes. And when you got bought the record, you got a wad of dosh. Because he used to come on the show. Do you remember? He'd come on the yeah. show. Look yes. at what I was. And um, and so I had to do uh, the illustration of um, of a fake ten pound note with the Queen on it, winking, um, <laughs> and Harry character's dog, and it had to look like a ten pound note. Uh, but unfortunately, the Treasury uh, put the uh, stoppers on it, uh, said you're not allowed to do this. And um, so the whole, the, all the money had to be withdrawn. Oh, not, before, not before I kept one. <laughs> so I, I you got a story. Yeah. Uh, so all kind of, you know, lovely, interesting things to do. My, the, I would say the, the worst thing was that you would get very, very tight deadlines. And I hated those. <laughs> And so it might be a, something over a weekend. So you'd be sitting up all hours doing doing something. Um, and you think, if only I had a bit more time, I could, I, I, I probably would have made a better job. But you had to do it in a hurry, whatever it was. And, um, and what used to really, really annoy me was that maybe a couple of weeks later, well, after you'd sent it in, you get a phone call saying, oh, the, the, the client um, wonders if you could just change this or change that. So the deadline hadn't quite been as as uh, tight as you've been led to believe. So um, that must have impacted on on family life as well. How how at what stage is all of this going on with your, your family was, life? That was when I was young, free, carefree, and single. Um, I, I was living in in London at that time. Um, I, I, I after I left college, I stayed in London for a couple of years, two to three years. And, um, and then once I got established with agents, uh, who used to then get me pretty well all my work, um, then I moved back up to the Northwest, which is a lot cheaper than London. Mm. Yeah. 
so yeah, I was single in those days. So I had, you know, working over a weekend wasn't really a, an issue. So when you got back up to the north northeast, how, how did you meet your your wife? Where, when, how? Tell us well, all about it. Enough, uh, Mary, my wife, um, who I hadn't uh, met uh, at this time, was in London at the same time as me, uh, unbeknownst to both of us. Uh, she was nursing. It's a very long, con con uh, convoluted story as to how we met. We met at a party, basically, with a mutual friend. Uh, she'd driven up from London with some friends to this party in the Northwest. That was it. Uh, you know, we got chatting and, and one thing led to another. And in the fullness of time, uh, we got married in the late eighties. And um, yeah, we've been together ever since. Mm -hmm. Oh, And how good to have a have Jeremy? Sorry, uh, Denise. Oh, so, well, we've got, uh, we've got three children. Uh, our eldest, uh, Michael is 31-ish. Um, lose <laughs> 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 track, don't you? You lose track. Uh, he's thirty-one, and uh, Elizabeth is twenty-nine, and Daniel is twenty-two. They all live locally to where we now. We live in Pontefract. Um, when Mary and I got married, she she uh, converted her nursing uh, to do a law degree, and because um, she was uh, doing health visiting, and she wanted to get, find out more about the legal side of some of the work. Uh, cases that she was dealing with and uh, so she did um, a law degree and um, her tutor was a, a friend of mine that's how we met um, and um, uh, so then she qualified as a barrister and uh, got chambers in Manchester so we lived then it's when we were first married we lived between our respective pa parents our respective families in Pontefract and Southport so we lived kind of in the Pennines uh, yeah. Lovely town of Hebden Bridge. Um, yeah. Oh, yes, I know it. Yeah. There for um, just about three years, and then when, once we had uh, children, then we moved to be nearer Mary's parents, who were um, mm -hmm. involved in the childcare. So made because we we're both self-employed, it made um, you know life life was it was either feast or famine. You know, when 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 one of us got paid, we'd go yes, we're going to have an Italian out somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and nice evening out um, but then you know, was, sometimes we were scratching around with the tin sardines so yeah, they were oh, fun yeah. informative days and then yeah. as I say when we had children we, we moved to be uh, near my wife's uh, parents and we've been here now in Pontefract for 30 years uh, yeah. and as you may be able to see all the boxes we're, we're ready to move um, so fingers crossed very soon. Isn't it lovely having supportive family? And obviously, you're both being self-employed. You've both had to be very supportive and accommodating to one another. And I think that is such a precious thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Did you um, find that any of your children uh, followed your arty tendencies? Uh, Elizabeth, in particular. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth's the middle one. Uh, she um, she used to do the most amazing. Uh, things as a child, um, artwork. Uh, she was always interested in, in art and she's a very creative person anyway. Not that Michael and Dan aren't, but they're not really, I would say, artistically. Right. But Elizabeth uh, always had the vision of, of, uh, for things. And one case in particular, I remember when we were on holiday, just outside, we were staying near Southampton. And I think it's, it's just somewhere between Southampton and Winchester, just outside Winchester, there's um, your neck of the woods, Sharon. Some yeah. Catherine's Hill, and on top of oh, it, yeah. there's like a kind of a contemplative maze walk thing. Yeah. And we we picnicked up, picnicked up there uh, one day while we were picnicking. I I I got the little sketchbook with me, and I was doing some uh, some sketchy painting in, in the book. And uh, Elizabeth. So they asked if she could paint as well. And unfortunately, I didn't have anything else with me. I only had the one book and a tiny little set of paints uh, and one brush. So uh, she, uh, anyway, she toddled off. And then about half an hour later, she came running back up and said, Daddy, Daddy, come and see what I've done. And um, so I, I followed her over the other side of the hill. And she'd done, uh, I've got a photograph of it somewhere. She'd done a portrait, uh, like at head and shoulders, using different colored grasses and twigs and stones and little flowers 
uh, like a montage of a head wow. and shoulders. And I just thought that was just so amazing. That a very, and she'd only be about six, seven, maybe. Oh, um, really creative. Possibly younger than that. Um, and I thought for a young child to, to have that um, uh, imagination, mm. that you didn't, she didn't have any pains, but that wasn't going to stop her. Good. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, she was going to do something. How come hell or high water? She would. She was going to do, create uh, yeah. an of some kind, and so she did. And that's the kind of person she is. She's very determined. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Fabulous. But yeah, she didn't go into um, um, art. It, um, um, she unfortunately it was the it was the weakest of her A levels, and she didn't get on too well with the teacher, so she dropped part of her. But she still does some painting from time to time, and you know she's oh, good. She's very creative. Yeah, she's not totally given it up. So she might find it again later in life, you know, yeah. like yeah. so many people do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she she makes other things, you know. She makes soaps and and you know. She's oh right, okay. So she's creative in other ways. Yeah. 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 And that link with your your teachers, that having that connection with your teachers is so important. Are we going oh, to come on to your yeah. teaching in a, in, so important in a little have, bit? Yeah, the, the, to have, um, uh, you know, to succeed or to want to do something, to get the most encouragement, um, you know, the best encouragement from uh, a teacher uh, and, um, you know, kind words and kind criticism, if you like, um, supportive help from um, because yeah. so mm. I think most of us have worked with teachers who are helpful and inspire us and have really gotten those creative juices going but we've also had the teachers who you just rub the wrong way or they rub you the wrong way yeah. and it's a case of sitting back I can almost remember a teacher saying to me um, in maths you know, when we'd asked to have something explained again, and she turned, just turned around to the two of us sitting right at the front of the class, real dummies, and said, you know, well, if you don't understand, there must be something wrong with you. And that was the end of the conversation and no more was said. Yeah. So we weren't helped, it wasn't explained. Right. And it just makes such a difference. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I identify with that totally. Yeah, yeah. so do I. My, my maths teacher came up to me one time. I did my O-level a year early and I was doing the first year A-level in when I was 16. And she said to me, I don't know why you bother coming to this class. There's no way you're going to get through this course. It's dreadful. Absolutely. Yeah, I got a B. One of the, uh, I w one of the best things I did in um, the early 1990s, um, I got into teaching in a roundabout way. Um, that my mum used to go to a leisure painting class when I before I was married um, in the eighties. This was uh, about nineteen eighty four. Um, she she used to go to an art uh, class uh, one afternoon, and the teacher left, and so they didn't have anybody. Uh, and she said, "My mum said, um, why don't you think about uh, doing an art class?" And uh, most of the time I was fairly busy doing um, freelance work, but occasionally you might have a, a week or two or three with nothing happening much. And um, so she said, you could always start an art class and just teach that, you know, one afternoon or one evening a week. So, um, and at that time, the Workers' Education Authority, WEA, were advertising teachers. And so I applied and, and uh, on the first night of registration, uh, you needed 12 people, I think, to run a course, but only 10 or 11 turned up. So I thought, well, what do we do? It seems such a shame we can't carry, carry it on just for the, you know, being a couple of people short. So I said to everybody, um, this was in the art college at night, um, if I find other premises, maybe we could just carry it on, but not under the aegis of the WEA. You know, I'll just run it myself. And then everybody can have an input as to what you want to do. So that's what we did. And that class then gradually grew. And then that grew into another class. So can you develop, tell us how that developed, how you decided what topics you were going to paint? Um, how did you get your passions across? Um, well, when my mother first suggested that I might try teaching in art class, I, I, I thought, well, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know you know, what to say, I, 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 I'm not really a teacher. And she said, she just said, well, just show them what you know, teach people what you know. 
um, which was brilliant. That's so simple when you think about it, isn't it? Um, yes. And, and um, so at the, the first classes that I ran, um, I tried to find out what people wanted to learn. Uh, a lot of people brought their own ideas and I just help, tried to help them develop those. And, and you know, so if, if people have problems uh, with how to do stuff, just to try and guide them uh, through. But in those days, the, my teaching was, was very um, chaotic in as much as um, I hadn't got a clue what was going to happen from week to week. You know, I just turned up and see what happened, really. And it seemed to work after a fashion for a while. But um, then I can't remember how it came about, but um, I, I, in the early 1990s, I enrolled for, um, to do a certificate in education part-time over okay. two years. First year in Wakefield, second year at Sheffield Howard University. Just for our foreign guests, yeah. a certificate of education is specifically to um, enable you to teach, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, although I didn't need that for my private teaching because it was all private. I wasn't teaching in an institution. Um, I didn't necessarily need that, but I just thought that I really could do with finding out some of, you know, how to teach and, and how to improve. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just to deliver a better experience if possible. So, um, and that taught me a huge amount about teaching. And um, I think it was our one of our teachers uh, on the course said, there is no such thing as a boring subject. And that's absolutely right. It, yeah. you know, it's what we were saying earlier about, um, you know, good teachers and bad teachers. A bad teacher uh, won't be able to get their subjects across, but a good teacher can make anything interesting. Mm -hmm. it's, how it, it's how it's delivered, isn't it? How it's brought across. Very course. true, yeah. Yeah, so um, uh, by that time, I'd got quite a lot of classes going and my illustration work had, had um, diminished a lot. Uh, all the agents that I had disappointed me in as much as they uh, kept their money longer than they needed to. And all of them ripped me off. Um, so in the fullness of time, I uh, ditched the, my relationship with the agents. And although I'm back on terms with one of them now uh, but I'm, I'm not doing any work for it <laughs> uh, but the the, um, the first class I had that expanded into two classes in the 1980s and that expanded into three into four and eventually I had five classes going each with 20 people in gosh that's good although the Thursday night class was always a little bit less than that around about 15 16 <clears throat> but the day classes had 20 people in so I was teaching best part of 100 people every week um, and so I needed that that kind of um, planning and and you know organisation to uh, to deliver um, classes that were popular. And there was something about the Southport area. There were lots and lots of art groups in that in a very small area, and virtually almost everybody in my in my classes belonged to one of these art groups. And so they would tell other people. And I always was fortunate that I always had a waiting list. Um, yeah, which is great, you know. And, and I used to do a lot of demonstrations and things to art clubs, and that helps you to get your name known and what have you. And then when I moved from Southport across the Pennines to what my wife calls the um, uh, the right side of the Pennines, it's a picture, we... Um, I, I carried on with those classes in, in Southport. My parents still lived over there. So I used to tootle over very early on a Thursday morning, teach three classes morning, afternoon and evening and uh, stay over at my parents and uh, teach Friday morning and Friday afternoon and then come back Friday afternoon. And I did that until 2013. Uh, wow. Almost every week, apart from, you know, summer breaks mm. and what have you. So at that point, were you teaching watercolours, pastels? Because we know we know and love you for watercolours and pastels. Um, but, you know, what, what were you teaching at that point? It was uh, about 95% watercolour. Mm -hmm. uh, although uh, people could do whatever they wanted in the classes. You know, that we I had a programme of, of things that we could do, you know, like a turn plan. Uh, but people could follow that if they wanted to. Uh, everybody wanted to learn watercolour. It, it, it seems to be... The most popular of all the, the mm. mediums, I think, and everybody uh, really wanted. I think just wanted me to show them how to go about doing stuff. Most people, I think, well, not everybody was 
were beginners, but um, they were mostly, I suppose you'd say, mixed mixed ability. But uh, they they were pitched kind of like, you know, not too complicated, but challenging enough. Mm. And uh, I tried to get views on what people would like to learn and then uh, uh, adopt that, to, to adopt a, a term plan that would hopefully uh, meet most people's um, what they wanted to do. And people could do their own thing and some people would rather do oils or acrylics or, or they just want to do their own thing and that's fine. And so, yeah. Um, and then I also had a class over here in Aquith where I, I live now. So I got six classes running up until 2013. And then uh, and then I knocked all the those on the head over there, just did workshops from time to time. Um, and up until the, um, the Great Pestilence, uh, I only had the, um, the local class here, but of course that's all. So during this time you were doing all these classes, Jerry, were you painting yourself for pleasure? Did you have um, time or an inclination to do your own thing? Some of my own, yes. No, nothing like as much of, of my own as I would like, because uh, most of my work was geared towards teaching. Uh, but, you know, that was just my own decision. Um, I, I really enjoy teaching. I love working with people and meeting people. And uh, So I didn't have the, perhaps as much uh, time to do my own stuff as I would have liked, but hopefully I might get a bit more time now. Yes, were you, at, at that time, were you still demonstrating and travelling out oh, yeah. to societies yeah, and um, doing workshops in the 1990s i used to go to um to there was a, an art event four times a year at ilkley people anybody could enter it you know you pay your exhibition fee and um it was over a week so like the first weekend saturday sunday and then the whole week and then the, the second saturday and sunday and uh so you could enter uh, up to six paintings and i sold quite a few paintings there they were always looking for people to demonstrate on the stage at Ilkley uh, on the Saturday and the Sunday of both weekends. Mm -hmm. and, um, so, you know, I've done a bit of demonstrating to art clubs and, and stuff. So, you know, kind of got used to it to a certain extent. Uh, and I've always said that of the stage at Ilkley, if you can demonstrate on the stage at Ilkley with all the floodlights on you and a big crowd of people sitting there watching you, you can demonstrate anywhere. And uh, the first time I did it was re really kind of nerve-wracking, but, you know, you get through it and, and you get, you know, fairly favourable comments. And um, so that helped me to kind of develop as a demonstrator, if you like. And they also used to have, at Ilkley, um, an art materials show there. I think they might still have it um, up until recently uh, in August, but they, they had um, a bit like a you know, like the big art events where the different manufacturers and companies go to um, sell their products and to get a wider audience. And uh, some Cuthbert's paper mill were looking for a demonstrator and uh, the organiser of the Oakley show put them in touch with me. And so that I, that kind of develops a, a friendship and a relationship with some Cuthbert yeah. who make Sons Waterford paper and... Uh, Bockingford and uh, then I got to know some other people as well and I started demonstrating for them at other shows and then through that I met the the SAA um, Jean and Richard um, uh, at the SAA in the mid to late 1990s mm -hmm. yeah and then I joined the SAA and um, and that kind of led to you know a, a deeper uh, lasting relationship uh, with the SAA which used to be called the Society for All Artists uh, now it's just known as the SAA uh, that we all know and love. Mm, that's right. Absolutely. And that's yeah. how we all came together, wasn't it? Because yes. it was yeah. all of us demonstrating at one of their shows. Yeah. Right. We all yeah. met. Yeah. 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 We've, uh, you know, been very lucky. I think we, we all agree that, you know, we, that it's lovely to get the opportunity to meet and to chat to other artists mm. because most of our work is solitary, uh, yeah. and, you know, working with the people that we teach, we don't okay. often get the chance to talk to other artists and to watch them work. And that's where this has been in, been really lovely. And, and, you know, through the SAA with other artists as well, like Matthew and Ali Gord and Ali Hargreaves and other artists too that we've met. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be able to connect to. Um, Isn't it? Yes. 
yeah very much so very much so what what is happening with you now where you are art wise at the moment and you know we realize you're moving we've spoken about this and we can see all the boxes behind <laughs> you so tell us what made you decide to move and how do you see your art progressing in the next house yeah well we my wife and i um have been rattling around in this big old house um since our uh, children have, have uh, moved out and they Fortunately, they live relatively locally, so we get to see them, you know, every so often, uh, which is nice. But we're just, um, you know, we, we, it's just too big for us now, and, and we've been here 30 years, and uh, we've just had to downsize. Um, and so we hope to be moving. We should have, it seems like we've been moving forever, but it, everything has just taken a long, long time at the moment. Um, so we're hoping to move just about four or five miles away to Pontefract, uh, downsizing. And then so uh, the, the prospect of that is... Daunting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm hoping that I will be able to um, work temporarily um, elsewhere. Um, but eventually I, I need to have a studio, which I'm hoping to have built. I'm really looking forward to the day when that's all up and running and I'll be able to broadcast and do mid Zoom workshops. And my plan is, um, I mean, I am of retirement age now, um, but I don't, you know, want to retire. Artists don't retire. <laughs> no. And no. It, we're just so fortunate, aren't we, that we do something that we really, really yes. love. And um, so it's no different with me. I won't be doing as much. That is my plan. I won't be travelling quite as much as I have done. Uh, doing workshops I'll still do the odd painting holiday and hopefully the odd uh, teach on the odd cruise but um, I'm hopefully uh, planning on um, doing um, work uh, I've got a lot of ideas for pictures as we all have um, mm -hmm. I just need the time to do them and, and I think that's yeah. Right. I mean, so, yeah yeah so really you've got to sort of get your home your new home sorted out yeah then settle yourself into that as an artist and, and find your own space within it, haven't you? Yeah, and I think that's probably going to take a good year or so for that yeah. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully you'll be able to set up somewhere else temporarily in the meantime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll really, one of the good things that has come out of the, the um, COVID the pandemic, of course, is this, you know, being able yeah. to meet. Um, yeah. Uh, remotely and to, um, to to teach and to demonstrate so yeah. and I've loved doing the Zoom workshops and it's been great to have people not just from this country but all over the, the world joining in too so um, well uh, I remember when you first started muting the the option of doing the Zoom workshops when we went into the the first stage of the pandemic absolutely. I remember your face and I remember you going I'm not doing this no. I can't do this but now you absolutely love it, don't you? Yeah, I, I'm, I am a bit of a technophobe, you know. I just hope I can remember. I haven't done any for several weeks because we've been expecting to move, uh, but it's taken forever. So everything's been packed up in boxes for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, and um, I just hope I can remember, remember what to do. You will. <laughs> We're all here, aren't we? I mean, that's... Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. We, we are... We, support one another that's lovely this is the other brilliant thing about the artist demo days so we all got ourselves together didn't we for those people who don't know we put ourselves together back at the very beginning didn't we of um the lockdown uh, thanks to ali board yeah. and it has been a godsend hasn't it because like you i resisted zoom like mad for months because I didn't want to have to learn something new. And um, the whole concept of it frightened me. And actually with the support and help of the mm. other five artists, mm. we have managed it, haven't we? Okay. And actually taken it on board yeah. and learned to love it. And as you say, when we've been running our, our workshops on here, we've been together with people from all over the world, haven't we? I, it's just been so exciting. You couldn't do that down in the village hall, down in Clanfield or wherever, could you? It's been lovely. So, yeah. Yes. 
so very all-encompassing hasn't it been has and and when we've um, we've been able to i know things are changing all the time of course and we're now we're getting greater freedoms uh you know we are getting busier again with other things but uh, <clears throat> um it has been lovely to be in the background of somebody else's demonstration and mm. engage with other people who are watching and, and lovely to be able to to kind of remotely meet these people find out a little bit about them uh, and, and it has been well I can't think of mind-blowing really hasn't it brilliant. absolutely brilliant yeah. I don't know about you but I actually feel as though I've made a lot of new friends yes. people that I don't even know um, and I mean a good example of that was being up in Biggleswade which is probably a uh, hundred miles away from me here and I was traveling back from doing a tv um presentation and there I was with a box of strawberries and cherries they were actually they were uh they were actually Kingsbury's <laughs> best expensive cherries and this voice next to me said it's you it's you you're here and I threw these cherries across the floor I just jumped <laughs> and they went across the floor yeah. But that would never ever have happened, would it, if we hadn't have all been together and doing what we're doing. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's quite something, isn't it? Uh, we're yeah. very lucky and blessed to have found this and to yeah. have put this together. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I hope it continues because yeah. I think it's yeah. uh, it's swept people up with it, hasn't it, and carried them along in this tidal wave. Yeah. I think we're all better for it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. Yes. So you, you're quite happy that you've taken on Zoom and the addicts and the artist demo days have been a great bonus. Uh, absolutely. And um, I suppose, like, you know, the circumstances of life are changing and evolving all, all uh, the time. I'm looking forward to doing more Zoom workshops, less um, physical workshops, you know, traveling to, to other places, although I have got a few plans. But you, I think it's just so much easier for, I think maybe a combination of, of the two. I'll just pick and choose a bit more. Yes, um, yes, I, I think I feel the same. I'm sure Denise does as well. Yeah. Yeah, doing yeah. the things more because you want to do them because than because you feel, I should be there and I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And sometimes you run yourself ragged. Yeah. When actually, if you were a little bit more selective about the things that you do and how that you, you present mm -hmm. them, um, yeah you get more out of them and so do the students. And That's I think um, what, what uh, people can often forget is the preparation that goes into doing workshops and painting holidays and things, you know, everything that you've got to get ready mm, uh, yeah. prior to, uh, to uh, teaching, um, you know, like loading up the car, for example, you know, yeah. and making sure you've got absolutely everything. Um, and the cat's not in it. <laughs> yes. I would say most most times with workshops, I would say that however long the workshop is, the preparation and the planning is at least double that time again. Not yeah. uh, be wrong. I mean, when you do your painting holidays, Jeremy, where do you do them? Do you do them in this country or abroad or um, both? Um, I, um, I I work with um, Alpha Painting Holidays, and they do. Uh, painting holidays in the UK and abroad. Um, yeah. I've got two painting holidays with them. Uh, one is next month in June in the Lake District. Oh, lovely! Um, and uh, one is in um, uh, in Jersey in September. If um, oh, nice. <laughs> assuming there's no battleships offshore. Um, <laughs> and the uh, the we'll have other. To dodge um, <laughs> Uh, so that's uh, with Alpha Painting Holidays, and uh, I also do painting holidays for uh, the Field Study Centre uh, at Flatford Mill. Um, so I've got a couple mm -hmm. of painting holidays there in uh, August. I think they are. Oh, lovely! I've, I've been fortunate to been able to teach on uh, piano cruise ships every so often, but uh, I think it'll be a while before they get going again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, that's wonderful. You, you're so kind to share all of this with us. It's very interesting to be able to hear it and to dip into somebody's life, isn't it? Dipping yeah. back into that conversation again, oh, Denise. We love we? Dipping into a conversation. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you so for asking me. It's, uh... 
So my first question for you is, you were talking about having to set up your your new studio and um, getting yourself reestablished in your new home when that when that finally happens. Um, when it comes to designing a studio, do you have things that you need to include? Have you designed it? How, how is that going to work? Um, well, we're, we are limited by the space, of course, that we've got. Um, and so um, I will be talking to an architect about um, what he thinks would be the best way of, uh, of approaching that with the space that we've got. Uh, obviously, plenty of light you know, is important. Uh, um, and uh, as long as I can get all my, my stuff in, as we all know, however much space you've got is never enough, you know, so it's just trying to utilise the space that there is to the mm. best advantage. Is it going to be part of the house, Jeremy, or will you be building something in the garden? You know, what's, what's the plan? The plan is for it to be in the back uh, garden um, and uh, out of the way. Uh, so yeah. the, we should be, you know, just be kind of over the courtyard, if you like, um, to the studio. That's the plan. Uh, so um, we just need to kind of work that through. I, I, I have a, a few ideas as to uh, what I would like, whether they're practical or not, you know, remains to be seen. Whatever you decide, add more cupboards. You need more storage. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've yeah. been very ruthless with clearing out uh, the studio here. And uh, the... I've been very spoiled because the studio here is just down the, the um, down the front garden a bit above our garage, and it overlooks the fields. And the views are just fantastic, you know, particularly when the sun goes down. I won't have that where we're going, um, mm. so you know, I'm going to certainly going to miss that. But the studio here is only quite small, um, and I'm just amazed at how much stuff came out of this. You know. <laughs> Uh, you just you do accumulate so so much, don't you? It's just incredible. Well, I can remember you saying that you've been throwing out a load of paintings, and I was sitting here thinking, no, 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 I'd like to be there in the dustbin saying, not that one. I want that well, one. I've still got hundreds, Sharon. I've still put oh out, you know, some that I've had for donkey's years. You know, but they're not framed or mounted. Uh, we have given some uh, framed ones away, um, and we've raised some money for. Um, uh, the charities that we support. Oh, that was yeah. nice. Mm, lovely. So, right, you, you, you know that you produce so much stuff, don't you, when you're doing your demonstrations and what have you. Yeah. You know, you, there's a limit to what you can do with them. And I've got folders and folders and folders and drawers and drawers and drawers full of pieces, which I'm sure we all have. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, normally, I would have an art sale in the village hall. I'd just, mm -hmm. just you know, get a Saturday morning or afternoon or a whole day and just tell everybody, come down and, and take your pick, you know, and sell them for, you know, next to nothing, uh, yeah. whatever. Um, but of course we haven't been able to do that. Uh, so as soon as we can, I, I, I will do that. I'm taking quite a lot with me, I've still got. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just the ones that I've, I've been casting around for a long time. And, and I think, you know, um, you, you can look back on stuff. Some of it, you know, you'd be quite pleased with. And other stuff, you think, mm, no, it's not that good. I've moved on, yes, because you, you do yeah. still progress, don't you? you? You know, no matter what your age, really, you're Absolutely. still changing and moving and morphing. Yes. Yeah. So that's very true, really. Never stop I, learning. My plan is just to be a real nuisance to my son when I, when I peg it. <laughs> so he can come and sort it all out because I'm not going to. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> Just leave it to somebody else. Yeah. My husband has a plan for, for my funeral. If anybody turns up to my funeral, he said, anybody that turns up to the funeral can come back and take a painting because I don't want to deal with it. Oh. <laughs> That's a lovely legacy, actually, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So turn up to my funeral if you want a painting. Oh, dear. We're not also, planning on going anywhere yet, though. <laughs> We've also got a joke in this house that the, the plan is never to produce enough artwork that I'm worth bumping off. <laughs> because you're always worth more yeah, yeah. when you're dead, aren't you? So, yes. you know, don't have too much that suddenly somebody thinks, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, um, one of my favourite artists. Um, there's loads of artists who have... have uh, influenced me. Uh, one I particularly uh, loved was um, um, Sir Alfred Munnings, uh, who's 
primarily known for its horse paintings, and mm-hmm. but um, primarily known for his oil paintings. But prior to uh, his great fame uh, after the uh, First World War, uh, he did loads and loads of watercolors, and um, and then he just stopped after that. He just did, did, did no more watercolors and just did oils um, after the war, First World War. But there's a, one particular painting of his that I really, really loved. And um, so I copied it. And um, I've done my own copy, uh, even with his signature on it. You know, I'm writing this down for the news of the world, don't you? <laughs> well, 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 it's only, it's only illegal if you try and pass it off. It's only yes. if yeah. you sell it as an original. Uh, it's not actually illegal to sign it with somebody else's name. Um, if it's for your own use, yeah. That will be on the road show in years to come. This, this painting um, is um, is on my wall, uh, in, or was on the wall in the hall. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I wanted to know how money, I, I've only seen reproductions of it, and I wanted to see how the original was framed, and yeah. the original's in Norwich City Art Gallery. Um, so when we had a holiday down there umpteen years ago, I uh, went to go went to see it. Uh, and when I went to see it, it wasn't there. It was in the vaults. And I asked some, one of the curators if I could see it. And I said, no, you have to make an appointment to see it. And I was going home following uh, the, 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 that uh, day. So I couldn't see it. Um, and then about 10 years passed. Uh, the picture was all forgotten about uh, until we went to a wedding in Norwich. And then I thought, I, I should make an appointment to see the painting. And then yeah. I'll find out what the, how it looks in the frame and mounts and everything. And I'm going to get mine as exact uh, copy as I can. Um, not that I'm going to do anything with it. It's just going to be in the hall, you know. Yeah. I eventually got to see it and uh, had to, you know, put on the gloves and, be, and put on the, the identity tag and... and searched and everything else and uh, was led down the long corridors down into this dimly lit room and there at the end of the room was the painting unframed oh (laughs) i said so what what where's the frame (laughs) and they said it doesn't have a it only has a frame uh, a temporary frame and the temporary acid free mount when it goes to exhibition anyway they're all kept in light, um, you know, away from the light in drawers. And the only time they see the light of day is when they go to exhibitions. So I oh, could have no. anything 20 odd years ago. Anyway, <laughs> I had it framed in a, in a kind of oldish looking standard frame and mounted in a very simple way. Uh, and it's signed off with money. So I'm just thinking maybe, you know, 30, 40, 50 plus years down the line, some yeah. distant relative of mine will be taking that into Antiques Roadshow. And <laughs> <laughs> get the big shock. <laughs> Thinking they've got something really, really special. But then again, if you painted it, it will be really, really special. Well, thank you. But um, you know, mine is a poor, uh, uh, <laughs> it's a poor reproduction. And one of the things that amazed me when I saw the original is how bright the colours are. They're lovely, lovely colours. Oh, even still now, are they? Uh, even still now, yeah. And that's probably because it's hardly seen the light of day. Mm-hmm. All that time. I find that quite sad, don't you? There are all these wonderful things that... Oh, absolutely. And and just very briefly, uh, I read some, had to write an article um, some years ago for a paint magazine. And I went to Leeds City Art Gallery to uh, look at um, another influential artist, uh, whose work I love, called John Atkinson Grimshaw, a fantastic Victorian um, oil painter. And uh, I went to, um, to to the City Art Gallery there, and they showed me some of the paintings in the vaults, and I've never seen these paintings before. Mm. They're completely unknown to me. And I, yeah. I thought I'd seen pretty well all these paintings. Mm. And it's such a shame that throughout the length and breadth of the land and abroad, there's so yeah. many paintings that are kept in vaults because they just haven't got room for them. They- don't see them, no. Just out of interest, I know that you can go to the art gallery's websites and you can see all yeah. the pictures online. So I'm assuming that is only the pictures that are up and being exhibited. I yeah. wonder if there's a catalogue of there is. else is there. The site is called artuk.org, A-R-T-U-K dot O-R-G.
and this holds a collection of all of the publicly owned art in the UK. Right. It's a website online and the only reason I know this is that I did a painting once for a Ware Museum that they wanted for one of their exhibitions and so I had to fill in all the forms to give permission for it to be in the National Art Archives, oh, National okay. Art Collection Archives. Well stuff. yeah just thinking you know if, if you've got a favourite um, artist you could at least start with a name couldn't you and go yeah. and see what there is in the catalogue under their name. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, it's all yeah. online under the government um, oh, okay, that's okay. Didn't know that. So, from this point, Jeremy, when you've moved, how do you see your teaching continuing? I mean, do you want to carry on with painting holidays? Are you going to relax off a little bit and paint more at home? What what's what's the future hold for you? Uh, I, I do enjoy painting holidays. I go to somewhere different, and or even somewhere that's fairly familiar. Every time, you know, I'm sure we've all painted the popular views that we, we like mm. and, and things that we like. It's always different, isn't it? You know, different mm. times of the year, uh, the following year, uh, different weather conditions, different lights. So it's a never ending source of fascination to, for me to paint, um, you know, the natural world. Um, so, and I enjoy that so much that I, I think I'll still do, you know, maybe a couple of two, possibly three painting holidays a year, if I can. Um, and hopefully the odd cruise, if they get back running again. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Mary often comes with me on those. Um, oh, lovely. Not so much in painting no. holidays, but she might now, depending, you know, on whether she fancies it or not, yeah. where it is, and also what else um, she's got going on. So, um, yeah. Uh, I also understand that you have a new little grandchild in your family. Um, and how do you see yourself encouraging the creative side there? Yeah, um, uh, Madison, or Maddie as we call her, uh, she was born last uh, May last year, so she's nearly a year old. She's absolutely delightful. And I know I'm biased, but she just melts, melts our hearts, you know, with this, a smile can... Uh, just melt you. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, to, to getting an apron on her and um, polythene everywhere and getting the paints out. And, Messy and play. I, I'm sure she'll absolutely love it. Have to introduce her to some of those art galleries as well, Jeremy, when she's a little bit older. And, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to kind of follow in my grandfather's footsteps. You know, he encouraged me and I'll try and do the same with her too. That'd be nice. Sounds yeah. to me like the future is uh, very well secured in the Ford family. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I hope it, we hope, and everybody out there as well, I'm sure, hopes that it all goes very well, that you get the move and that it's as stress-free as it possibly can be, because we all know <laughs> what that's like. We hope yes. that it gets damaged, because we also know that that's a bit of an issue when you move. And get that studio built and we'd all love really really love 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 to see it mm. when cool. it's done wouldn't we yeah but, definitely um, you know for now jeremy before you go i've just got this for you i wondered if you'd like this you you love biscuits don't you oh well I, i'm always partial to a biscuit sharon yes famous uh, for it what's your favorite oh it's, it's a difficult one because the, there are so many lovely lovely biscuits um, but um you know probably at the end of the day the good old straightforward honest plain digestive biscuit goes with anything um, you know, a nice cup of tea or a nice cup of coffee maybe a little bit of cheese few grapes it's a perfect biscuit I, and i think that, that takes some beating but I wouldn't say no to any biscuit, you know. Well, <laughs> I've got this for you, and I wondered if I could just pass it over to you. Oh, you Sharon, that's very kind of you. Thank you. you. That's very kind. You enjoy Thank that you. with our love. Oh, that's great. I look forward to that with my coffee. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. So for now, Jeremy, thank you so much from both of us, from Denise yes, and from myself. We'd like to thank you very much for dipping into our conversation this week and for joining us. And for everybody out there, we've loved meeting the fabulous Mr Ford. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you very much, Sharon. Thank you very much, Denise. Um, and um, yeah, happy painting. And you. Thank you.
chat this time. Thank you. If you'd like to see more of what Jeremy is up to, pop over to his website, which is jeremyford.co.uk. And we look forward to seeing you next time for more of our fabulous conversation. Thank you. Thank you.